0: The reason why I come back and, like, am involved around here is because I really do believe in this program, and and it worked for me. Just, like, all the pieces that were in place when I came through were exactly what I needed.
1: And welcome. This is another episode of Casting Light, stories of recovery and hope. That happened inside Godding Light. I am Phil Tower, your host for every episode. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you here on Casting Light. We've done several episodes and we invite you to check out any of those wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We would like to remind you today's episode is underwritten by Treadstone Funding. So we would like to acknowledge Treadstone Funding for making this possible. And we appreciate you listening. Every episode of Casting Light brings you a story of recovery and hope, takes you inside the walls here of Guiding Light in downtown Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's my pleasure to welcome to this episode a Guiding Light, a former Guiding Light recovery client uh, who's had an interesting life and has um, had a trip overseas as a part of that. Patrick is with us on this episode of. Light. Patrick, first of all, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. So you are someone who has spent time in the recovery program here at Guiding Light. You lived in the transitional housing of Iron House, and somehow you ended up in Europe teaching. But I want to go back to how this all started, how you ended up at Guiding Light, and uh, how you heard about the recovery program. Can you take us back to where Patrick was before guiding light and what was going on in your life? I grew up around Detroit in, you know, in
0: high school and after high school, I just kind of lived carefree and liked to party, like to drink and do drugs. And I, uh, my life was getting, you know, kind of worse. And when I was younger, um, and I fixed that by, by moving out West to, uh, Portland, Oregon and lived there for seven years and uh, continued the same lifestyle and it was fun for years and it got uh, less fun and more unmanageable and uh, you know I found myself losing jobs and losing friends and um, just like you know physically dependent on drugs and I tried to move back and fix that and just kind of kept doing this cycle of Trying to fix my life by moving or cutting out certain substances, um, but never willing to to live a life that was much different, and never wanting to be completely sober. And so, the few years before I ended up out here, I uh, you know dabbled a little bit in NA meetings, and uh, really, that's not what I wanted, but I. I didn't want to stop doing drugs, but I didn't want my life to be so out of control. Um and I ended up in a treatment facility in Waterford, Michigan, and you know, did, did that once and uh, went went out from there and just kind of went back to my same life, but you know, gave a legitimate try of being sober for a little while and um and just kind of went back to another job in the restaurant industry and just trying to drink uh, and manage it and not, you know, do do drugs as much. Um, ended up in the same treatment facility about a year later. And, you know, by that time, it seemed that I had exhausted all the possible options that I could do on my own of how to make my life better. You know, mm-hmm. I, I tried moving i tried cutting out certain drugs i tried you know all, all the ideas that that i could come up on my own and, and got to a point where it's just like okay i i don't think i can figure this out and i'm not enjoying this lifestyle and really just at a point where i i wanted to i kind of i just wanted to die and and i found myself really yeah i mean i i had there's many times in my life where I was thinking about suicide and Mm -hmm. um and so that time in in that treatment facility I was there for a little under a month and when talking to my case manager there about what I'm gonna do from there you know I knew I had to do something different and I, so I wasn't going to just go back to Detroit and get a job and try to go to meetings. That wasn't going to work for me. Mm -hmm. I I was looking and I didn't have any money. I didn't, you know, I had all my possessions were pawned and overdrew my account right before I went into rehab for drugs. So I'm like, have no money. So I couldn't, so I couldn't go pay for a rehab. And so I was looking at a three quarter house in, in Milford, Michigan, which, you know, that's, not that far from Detroit um, but it would have been paid for for a, you know a few months and would just get a job and do that. and you know the fact that it was free was appealing but I didn't I, there's nothing in Milford for me like I didn't want to just go yeah I, I kind of saw myself failing with that option and then she suggested a place of guiding light and she didn't know a whole lot about it, but she just said it's free in grand rapids and that appealed to me because i'd never been here and it's another hmm. big city in michigan it's close to lake michigan and, and she just said you know she's heard good things about it and um she called nick who was the intake uh director at the time i came in and it up with him um I, I talked to him on the phone and it was it was just kind of like okay come in you know whatever day and um it was very, There wasn't much information given. Like I had no idea what I was getting into, um, but I came and that was in the beginning
1: of 2018. That's almost four years ago. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. You know, what I heard is you told this story, Patrick, and I'm so grateful you would share that with me and our listeners it sounded like this was a long journey of Patrick trying to manage Patrick. Yeah. Not doing so well. But I I mean, what's cool about it though, at least the way I hear the story is you cared enough you were trying to manage yourself because you thought, well, this if I cut this out or cut that out I mean it was like you did it wasn't like you didn't care because you did care. You wanted to try to have a better quality of life, yet at the same time you admitted you're kinda of powerless over the drugs. And thankfully that woman Just suggested guiding light. It's so interesting. You said I've talked to so many friends from Detroit who will visit here, and they'll go, "Yeah, you know." Or the last time they had visited Grand Rapids is 35 years ago, and I say, "Yeah, it's a little bit different than it was 35 years ago." It is a big city, and it is a unique program. Yet after that phone call, as you said, you really didn't know what you were getting into. So, what were those early days like here at guiding light as you entered the recovery program? So when I got here, I was just under 30 days
0: clean. You know, I I detoxed, so I'm starting to feel a little better mentally and physically. Um, When I got here, like I said, I didn't know anything about it. All I knew was that I was told that I wasn't, like, accepted into this program, but there was, like, a waiting period, and um, so I was you know, set up in the, the front area where there was the back-to-work program at the time. And um, really, I'm just getting any information about it from the guys there who don't really know much about the program. And in my head, I'm I'm glad to be here because it's something new. And mm-hmm. And before I even, like, started the program, I liked the idea of starting my life over here just because it was far enough away that you know i could just like kind of reinvent myself Mm -hmm. make new relationships and make a whole new life um so i liked that idea but but the program you know i had my doubts of like am i going to be accepted i'm I'm, you know you hear from the guys up there they're saying like oh yeah you know like they they don't let people like they're they're pretty much they're telling me all the worst case scenarios that they've heard like through the grapevine you know it's everything's blown out of proportion, but I'm thinking, like, there's a good chance I'm not going to get into this program, and I'm already set in my mind, like, well, I don't care anyways, you know, this program doesn't even, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when they said yes, what was that like? It was a big relief, you know, because, uh, you know, I, had our, I remember that day, I was just very anxious and in my mind, I was like about to be told, like to to hit the road, yeah. And and I decided, about, well, then I'm just gonna go live on the streets here and, yeah. and start doing dope again. But uh, you know, when when they told me that, it just, you know, I felt relief. And and then that's you know when when this new life started. Um, and in that program. I mean, just just how I mean, it's how it is now It's you know, I, the reason why I come back and, and like am involved around here is because I really do believe in this program and, and it worked for me, just like all the pieces that were in place when I came through were exactly what I needed. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what more to say than that. It just it, mm-hmm. it really, like, it gave me the opportunity to figure out who I am as a human being because mm-hmm. I was just, like, masking that with,
1: with drugs for my whole adult life. It's a powerful program. Was there a point here at Guiding Light when you were in recovery where you woke up one day and you knew, like, wow, something different is going on inside me in my head. Was there a point where you knew it was kind of just like a tipping point where you're like, this is something new that I haven't experienced before. You know, the the whole thing
0: was new and it was, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I, when I was younger, I, I did well in school and like, I have the ability to like follow some, some direction. Um, but it was kind of like a fast track and that, and the, uh, camaraderie of like you know the the other clients in the program you know they kind of they become your brothers and it's and it's like this fraternal bond almost like you know going like in the military together or something like that which i never experienced that but i you know it's kind of like a fraction of that um but one one moment that did stand out to me as something different when you know this is a faith-based organization but they they didn't you know stress a certain faith you know you know we prayed in the morning and stuff but but it wasn't you know it, it wasn't it wasn't indoctrination yeah, or anything like that yeah but but it was definitely present spirituality was present in the program mm-hmm. and and then aa which you know we went to a lot of meetings aa talks about spirituality and uh it was a thing that a lot of people have trouble with and that was something i had trouble with was this idea of of god and prayer and um It was while I was going through this program that I was able to kind of define what or not, not even define, but just kind of like have that presence in my life um, and figure out that belief in a power greater than myself. Mm
1: -hmm. We're speaking with Patrick, a former Guiding Light recovery client, uh, now uh, living and working here in West Michigan. You're living at Iron House, the transitional living. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went there from
0: here and then I left and went went to France and then when I came back I uh you know, I was thinking about what I wanted to do and I, I knew I wanted to come back to Grand Rapids and and it was available to go back to the same
1: apartments and honestly I I like it there, you know. So. Good. How how did that trip to France come about and just how did you manage all of that? Talk Talk about that a little bit. When I left
0: the program here and moved out to Iron House, um, I registered in in classes because um, I, I had taken, I had gone to different colleges over the year, but never. Mm-hmm. I went full time my first semester out of high school, failed two thirds of the classes, and then just kind of tinkered at it here and there over the years. Um, so I wanted to complete some sort of degree, so I I went to GRCC and I uh, and I started taking french um cuz i'd kind of taken that in high school and liked it but mm-hmm. lost interest but uh in my first french class my my teacher talked about this program um where you know french students uh, native english speakers they they recruit um you know native speakers of different languages in french public schools to you know be a, a assistant mm. teacher in in the schools and um she talked about her experience she had done it twice and it just sounded really cool I mean that's always been something that I've talked about wanting to do is is travel over the years and I never did you know I had other priorities yeah. and so when she said that I was like I want to do that and then when I was looking into the the requirements uh, my first thought was like oh it's probably not even worth it to apply like I'm I'm not gonna I'm mm-hmm. not gonna get it because I didn't have the proficiency in French they asked for I didn't have the amount of college that they asked for Um, and and it was the last year I could apply because it's only open to a certain age range but um I you know as well I'm not gonna know if I don't try and so I just Mm. you know, kept going to class kept working on my French and did all the you know I had to write a uh, application letter in French and um, you know, do all the paperwork, but then I found out that I was accepted, and I was you know overjoyed. But this was also during COVID. Then, like when I found yeah. out, like the the acceptance was delayed by by months. And then when I found out, at first I wasn't even sure if I like, do I want to do it? Is it going to be too just crazy doing it during COVID? But you know, thinking about it, it's like it's not going to be any worse
1: over there than here. Like, yeah, but so. But it's a good experience overall. Yeah, it was great, and you didn't worry about it having a negative impact on you, given your past. Well, I mean, it was definitely something
0: I, I thought about because I also in the years before I got sober, I also I worked in wine for a year and got really into wine. Um, So that was the one thing. I was like, well, you know, I'm going to France. That is like where I might be tempted. Um, And so for the fact that it was during COVID was actually a help in in that regard that there weren't as many like social opportunities to have to, you know, turn down wine. But I mean, I still had plenty of like, just going and getting carry out, like guys just standing at the doors, like, you want a glass of wine while you wait? It's like, oh, no, thank you. But um, it was something I was aware of. And it was something that I, you know, I, I was transparent with the, the people I was living with about, you know, the fact, like I told them, you know, my story, they knew, and they actually didn't, they didn't drink or, or do drugs,
1: um, which was a nice, a nice fit. Yeah. And incredibly important. Patrick, as you look back over this experience and now we're heading into a new year here very soon, as you look back over this, you you seem uh, like a man very much at peace is it hard to look in the rearview mirror and see what you were, or is it pleasant? I'm just curious as you look back and you go, wow, I was that. This is where I am now. You're in, you're in a good place. You're living at Iron House. You're working. Is that kind of hard to look back sometime and look at that, or what, what is it like in your mind when you do that? There's still times when
0: I, I think about who I was in the past or things that I've done, and you know I feel regret or I feel ashamed. Um, but, you know, they happened. I, I can't take them back. And and so what I, like the, the path that I'm on now and, and who I am now, I try to make up for that. So I am open about my life. You know, if, if someone asks me a question, I, I'm not ashamed to answer it. But where, where I'm at today, I'm, I'm grateful for where I'm at today. So, so I don't necessarily... Wish
1: anything else because yeah. you know I'm, I'm right where I need to be now. Yeah, in that past, good, bad, or otherwise, because everybody, somebody's lived a perfect life. Uh, Lord knows I know that. And anything in that past, it it hopefully has been a lesson. It was a lesson to you. And what I love about your story, Patrick, is you kept at it. You kept on wanting to improve and get away from the addiction. And you finally, with the help of that woman, Milford, was it? In, in Waterford. In Waterford. Uh, I knew it was one of the FERDs <laughs> on the east side of the state, but uh, thank God for that tip, that recommendation. Oh, yeah, I've heard good things about Godding Light, and here you are today. It's been a pleasure hearing your story. I want to wish you the very best and continued success. As you look back on this and you realize it was it was a free program, that kind of had to be mind-blowing ahead of time as well, too. Yeah, I mean, you had a withdrawn bank account that you had blown on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of like, okay, where do I go from, from here? Um, I am so grateful to hear your story. And I know our listeners are because we remind them every episode, this recovery program is free to all clients, even those like Patrick who thought, boy, I'm not sure I'm going to get in here. And you did, which is wonderful. But it's important to know that this is a this is a life changer for men like Patrick, and with your support, it allows donors to learn and live and experience life in a new way. Guiding Light is able, with your support, to provide a safe and nurturing environment designed to meet the individual needs of every one of these clients who go through the recovery program I don't want to say clients, I want to say men. They're individual men. Everyone is unique, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And your donation can make a significant impact like it did in Patrick's life. You can make a secure donation right now online at guidinglightworks.org, guidinglightworks.org. We want to once again thank Trendstone Funding for making this episode of Casting Light possible. And we hope each of you as you're listening, if you would do us a favor, subscribe, share, or review this podcast. With your help, we want to grow it and continue to grow it into the new year. And we encourage you to underwrite a future episode. You can contact Guiding Light for more information about that. And more importantly, just tell a friend about Casting Light, stories of recovery and hope here at Guiding Light. I'm Phil Tower. Thank you for listening.